You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Today we have really, if not Psak, we have Machshova, Machshova and a message. Uh, today's shear from Rabbi Aprom Minsky, who is the the shliach of Chabad Young Professionals here in Newark, someone that uh, very familiar with and <coughs> is dedicated to uh, Lili Nishmas, Rameir Ben Siyan Ben Rabbi Slo Yishaya, This is my father, actually, who was Nifter uh, 23 years ago on Chav Tesal the Rishat, the Pasik that uh, stands for his name, Meir Bizel Yish. Yirei Hashem, is someone who is made choices that were important and unique. Anyone who survived through the Shoah, survived through the Holocaust, survived coming penniless to the United States, uh, being able to work out a life for themselves, then clearly um, you would hope that it was built on the Yiras Hashem, Yiras Hashem that was motivating uh, my father and the family, uh, and the Rabboni Shalom directed them, directed them to be successful despite really the overwhelming odds of almost coming with nothing. Um, it's it's clear that uh, we are, we continue to reap payers. Our family does uh, the choices that he made, the things that the love and concern that he showed for us. The Shoma for my friend Rabbi Avram Minsky to speak about this topic, this topic that we've titled Discovering and Embracing Your Purpose. It was a pleasure to join you here, and especially for including me in a very personal time for you. Um, right, you're going to your father, with the father of uh, Elias and Hashama. Uh, I guess the the, the, the Taylor we'll learn today will be the, the Shmasei, and there should be my list. Who's for for all these still down here? And we should eventually be zeichet to the ultimate Elias Neshama, which is when the Neshama comes back here with Chesamesi with Mashiach. Now, so today we're going to be discussing a important. A very interesting thing in regarding to the story of Purim and a big a very big lesson that we can learn out from this terrible decree, and it's actually the worst decree in Jewish history. Never in Jewish history was there such a decree to kill, destroy the entire Jewish people in the whole world in one day. There were people throughout history who wanted to destroy the entire Jewish nation. You don't have to look too back, look at World War II. The Germans, but it was not in their capabilities. Here, in this situation, you had someone who was king of the world, and he wanted to destroy the entire Jewish nation. Or his advisor wanted to destroy the entire Jewish nation, and there was nowhere to go, nowhere to hide. And then Mordechai had a conversation with Esther, and after a little back and forth, which we'll deep dive into it soon, um, Mordechai. Esther agreed to go to the king. She 
made two meetings, and then eventually she said that uh, you got to get rid of this Haman, etc. And Baruch Hashem, there was a Vanachikul, and Haman was hung in the gallows, and all the even all the haters of the Jewish people, they were destroyed, and Ian made a holiday for him. So today we're going to focus on the conversation between Mordechai and Esther. Interesting, I personally in the past, I didn't notice that it was actually until until this year when I, I started focusing on it that there's actually there's a whole dialogue of back and forth. It wasn't so simple. So I'll I'll go through it in the psukim. So I, I told Esther what happened. He told Esther as Pashegin as the Pasuk of Pashegin Savadash Nitam Shushan Lashmidam Nasanloi. Later, raises Esther the Agadot Savisala. He gave it to her to the commander to show to Esther and to tell her, first of all, what happened in the story. Then, afterwards, he added, Mordechai added and told Esther, he told Hasach to tell Esther, Litzavisalel, to commander, Lover the Melchis Khanlai the Vakishmu Fonov Allah to go and ask the king and beg from him and to, to plead for her nation, to save the Jewish people. The message goes on to Asaf passed on the message to Esther, and Esther at first tells Asaf, wow, this is terrible, but there's a problem. And she relays a message back to Mordechai, explaining why she can't go. I know this is a terrible decree, there, the whole Jewish nation is on the line, but I'm sorry, I can't go. Why? And I'll read the quote of the Megillah. And she says as follows, because all this, the slaves of the king, everyone knows, meaning it's a, it's a very known fact, that any man or woman that would come to the king in her chamber, without permission, that was not called, the rule is, no question asked, he's executed. Levad, unless unless the king decides to give him his uh, golden rod, and then you live. And then he, you won't be killed. And then Esther adds, and you should know that recently, I don't know, but uh, I wasn't called to the king. For the past 30 days, I was not called to come to the king. He didn't ask me to come. So for me to go to the king is basically, uh, I'll probably be executed. But that's the rule. I know I'm the wife, but uh, uh, this guy has a track record. He killed his first wife. <laughs> and it could be because the Mephorshim point out that she's telling him, I haven't been called in 30 days. That doesn't mean he's not going to call me because we know the Ava that existed between Esther and Ahasuerus. She might have been saying, uh, it might happen soon. Uh, in other words, Anilani Krasi Shuli Shimyoim doesn't necessarily mean and I'm not going to be called. Because that doesn't add anything to her original statement. She might just be trying to say, let's hold off because it's going to happen. So yeah. Esther passes on this message to Mordechai, basically saying, I'm sorry, I, I cannot go because this. if I go, I'll be killed. Presently. Now, so Hasak relays the message back to Mordechai, and Mordechai passes the message back to Esther as follows. Don't think you can... Uh, don't imagine in, in your mind, in your heart, that you could escape, that you have actually a, a safe zone. You, you could be in the king's palace while all the Jews are, are out on the streets and they're, they're in big danger. 
And he adds, If you decide to be quiet and silent at this moment, you should know the Jewish people will be saved in a different manner. Don't worry, Hashem has lots of ways. You're not for sure going to be saved. But you and your household will lose out, will perish, will get lost. Absolutely get to now. And then he adds, I'll translate that. Who knows? Perhaps this is the reason why you became queen. In order to save the end in this situation. So basically, the, 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 the taina over here, the, the argument that Mordechai is giving her is basically, you should know, first of all, the Jews, regardless, we're going to be saved. Don't think you can, you know, you, you're going to be the only one. The Jewish people are going to, for sure going to be saved. And then he adds, and maybe this is the reason why he became queen, to save the Jewish people. What happened afterwards? All right, so Esther told us, okay, tell Mordechai, all right, I give in, I'll do it. Go fast for three days. Pray for me. I'll also fast for three days, and then I'll go to the king. And if you think about it, it's it's pretty. It doesn't really make sense because it's very interesting. Mordechai had two arguments to Esther. Number one, he told her, "Listen, the entire Jewish nation is on the line. How can you? You know, you, you can't have the, the whole whole Jewish nation on the line. It's, it's a crazy decree. Now, never Jewish history to kill the entire Jewish people. No, and then he." Then he says, number two, possibly maybe you became queen just for this. The first argument does not convince her. She pushes back. She says, no, it's dangerous to go. The second argument, maybe you came, became queen for this, this pushes her to go. The question is, how can you compare? Why did, the, why did she listen? Why did the second one convince her more than the first? Second aspect of what Mordechai sends to us off, he says, Rebach so in other words, it almost undermines the thrust of the first argument. The way you're explaining the first argument is, is that they are in mortal danger. They're all going to die. But then he, in a sense, the way you've translated it, or they could super say it, it says, no, they, they will be Rebbe So it's really the question's even stronger. Thank you for, for pointing it out. So in order to understand this, I want to go quote a Gemara. You've seen in, in, in text two. This Gemara, it's a Gemara in Shabbos. There was different uh, Amiroim that had the discussion, and they one asked the other, Your father, with which specific mitzvah was he more careful with? Or more Zohir, did he, he do it uh, more, more of a, you know, exciting? What, what was like his thing, his, you know, his, his slogan, like the, the mitzvah he loves? So, Amalei Mitzitzis. Said this was a Rabbis Bali said with Mitzitis. Now, it's interesting in, in Tanya, the Balatanya gives a, a beer on this and he explained that this concept that there's a specific mitzvah for a specific people, which is more Negea, there's no real explanation to say, you know, why this person specifically received, you know, that this, this is his specific uh, mitzvah. Why should he be more zohir on one mitzvah or right. the other? Rather, he says it, it's, it's like a good, meaning it's, it's literally that Hashem decided, for some reason, in Hashem's puzzle, that for this person, this is more ikir, that this is his main thing. And this person, this is his, his main thing. And, and an interesting, I, I want to point out, the Balotani actually points out, 
that the Lashon in the Gemara is not what, not what is his only mitzvah. Why? Because every year, of course, we're obligated to do all 613 mitzvahs. Right? Lashon is Zahir Tfei. In which tfei. mitzvah is he more Zahir? More than the other ones. I mean, what's his like, main theme? What's his main focus? And he said that this concept, what's your main focus? This is something which is hard to understand. We don't know why one person's main focus is on this specific thing versus other things. Now, just to bring this, this idea out, you know, bring it even more out, I want to bring a quote from the Kesa Shemta, from the Baal Shemta, from the founder of Chassidus in general. So the Baal Shemta is a famous line, which is a beautiful line. He says that uh, there's even a, a song about it. They say that a neshama comes down to this world for 70, 80 years just to do a favor for another year. And he says, either physically or spiritually. So it's a beautiful line. You know, you, you come down to this world and it's all just to do a favor for another person, for another year. But if you think about it, let's think about it a second in depth. Like, really? I'm coming to this world. I'm doing mitzvahs all year. I'm getting married. I'm having children. I'm doing Rosh Hashanah. I'm doing Yom Kippur. I'm doing Purim. I'm doing Pesach. For one time when I'm 80 years old, to go help someone cross the street, to help, uh, you know, to do another favor for a year, to, to give them a few dollars. Like, Bahamas, like, really? <laughs> it's, it's a stickle fella. I said, yeah, talk it. So does he mean every neshama? Does he mean, or does he mean there are certain neshamas that are nidachim? And it's hard to see what their purpose is, but they did one great thing. Is, he, is this mimer? You know, and again, I think the Kesser Shem is a it's a liquid, but from the Magid of the from from the Baal Shem's members, because I'm not sure the Baal Shem didn't write anything. No, it's a liquid. But it's a liquid that they took from things the Magid said over the name of the Baal Shem. Right? Yeah, the Magid and the, the Toldus and, and other so I'm just wondering, Abraham, is it saying that, that the purpose, is he saying, or is he saying that, Amul, you have a year that it's hard to find what his tachlis is. You could say, well, that, that maisa might have been the whole purpose. Of, or, 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 right? or is he saying everybody has that one great moment? So in general, it, <clears throat> it seems like he was referring to everybody. And the taich is similar to the Gemara's taich. And I would say along the same line that there is, and in general, yes, a yid comes to this world and you have, a, you have an obligation to do Tehra and Mitzvahs. Why? Because you're a yid. Now, but specifically, you have a specific role. Now, it could be extreme that your role is one, one little thing. But in general, yes, the, the point is that a yid has a specific role. It's similar to what the Gemara says, is over And to, to bring this idea out, I, I thought of a marshal. Let's say, for example... Look at a company, the company of IDT. IDT has many employees, and many employees be in different positions. Now, every single, as an employee or as someone who, who comes through the building, there's a bunch of different rules you have to follow. There's a dress code. There are times which, in general, apply to everybody. There is a mannerism, speaking like, like a mensch. Which, which applies to everyone. Everyone has to comply with it. And then there's specifically every person has their unique field, which they focus on. So similar to that, in regards to Yidin and the Shamas, every single Yidin in this world is obligated to do all 613 mitzvahs. But specifically, a person, the Shama, has a more specific mission, what he's supposed to do. And after we explain this concept, now let's roll back to relate this to the story of the Megillah. 
And this is a, a talk which was given by the uh, Lubavitcher Rebbe. It's actually said in the year of Tashel Chavez of uh, 5,722. It's about uh, 60 years ago. And he explained as follows, that based on this, now we can understand what Mordechai was telling Esther. When Mordechai wanted to have an effect on Esther, to go to the king, he explained to her that you should know the idea of you going to the king is something that it's, it's, it's hard to understand. We, we don't know why, why it's like that, but the fact is, Hashem decided that you should be the one, that you should be saving the, the, the yin, and therefore it has to be done specifically, specifically through you. And although technically the Yidin are going to be saved regardless, you're not going to be saved regardless. But you should know this is the specific mission of your Neshama. This is your Zohir Tvei. This is the reason why your Neshama came to this world, that you should be able to, that you should go and save the Yidin. And therefore Hashem put you in that position. In order for you to, be, to, to complete your mission and save the Yidin. And once you heard that, once you heard that, well, if this is my mission and this is a, this is something that is higher than my understanding, that this is something that, you know, this is the reason my neshama came to this world, that there's no questions asked. I, I drop all, I drop my case, I drop my arguments. How did Mordechai know that that was true, though? <clears throat> would say from the, if you're, the way you're being masbered, the ablate of the way the Pashemta explained, each person has to find it, or is a Rebbe need to uh, ignite that within the person? So, Asking a good question. How does one know what's his special mission? And, and therefore, what, why does Esther McCowbell that this is it from Mordechai? Maybe, maybe logically it looks like that. Is that, is that the point? So two points. One is, I, I want to say, we're actually going to go into the, the second part. We're going to discuss how does one know what's his special mission? There's three different indicators. Um, which one of them is your placement, where you find yourself. You should know if you place yourself, Hashem together, controls your steps, and if you find yourself in a specific place, there's a reason for it. Hashem put you there for a purpose and a reason. And also, and what's actually brought down that the Lamab should have mentioned in this talk, that Mordechai was the Rosh Sanhedrin at the time. Was part, was part of the Sanhedrin, sorry. And Mordechai was the, the Nasi Shabi Israel, and if the Nasi, if the leader of the Jewish people at the time tells you that this is your job, then that's your job. Like the Mishnah of the Dirt is telling you what, what he was what, the red of the Dirt. Yeah. So once you have an explanation regarding um, the story of Putin, now we're going to look at different indicators. How does one know what is his mission in life? So there's different things. Now we know that in general, there's two aspects of it. There's Hashem, there's Surmira, holding yourself back from doing something negative, and there's Asi Taif doing positive good things. So first, I'm going to bring a quote from something which is negative, something of, of holding what oneself back from a negative thing. What is a specific? What? How do I know what is my special mission, my special purpose? Where do I have to have the most chizuk? This is a letter which the Lubavitcher wrote to someone who wrote to him, who wrote to the letter that he has a specific difficulty in a specific area in life. Actually, I think this was actually again Shlomayis. The specific thing that this is very difficult for him. He's having a tough time. Other things, he's, he's doing okay. He's not having, he's controlling the data. But this, it's, it's, it's very tough for him. So the Rebbe wrote to him as follows. It's very interesting. Now, I'll, I'll read it in, in Lashon Kedish. 
It says that I already wrote to him. Specifically in this area, he needs to put in extra effort. Why? Because from the fact that he's finding so many different stumbling blocks. So this shows you that this is actually your main mission and job. To be sort of similar Avramel to the first Avram, both Avram. So the first Avram also on the way to Yakeda, the Rabbi Shalom gave him all these ikuvim, uh, right? We know the Sultan came to Kishul Yom and other things. So whenever you can tell that the, the girui against it is so strong, a person who's generally a good Oyvet Hashem could sense, oh, it must be this echoes the Baldova. This is where, where, this is my purpose. So I think that's that, that's in line in many ways with what we see right, by Avram Avinu. So that's the halomais that has stayed in. Like we have like the Sotom was was created for Avram of Derach Yakeda. That was good for the Rai of how important that was, how that was the, in a way one of the major tachlisim of Avram Avinu. But go ahead. So good. So the, the Arizal writes, that is, except for a select few, most of the Nishamas in our generation were already in this world, and they came again down now to fix something that was missing in the fulfillment of the, of the, of the mitzvahs. And when it comes to those specific tasks that are most important for the Nishama to complete, then the opposition of the Yitzhahara is in full force. As Rabbi Kivlevich mentioned, we see from Avraham Avinu that when something is negaya, when something is important, the Yitzhahara puts up a real fight. So you want to know what's your special mission? See, what area in life, in life do you have the toughest fight? And you know that that fight is negaya. The Yitzhahara is putting up such a battle that means it's important. That probably, is, is, as the Rebbe was saying, you're a Gilgal of a Neshama that wasn't Mushalam in that opinion. And maybe the whole reason why your neshama had to come back and be soivo, the the tachluyim and the difficulty of this world was in order to be masak in that, that Indian. Yeah. And now we'll move on to the second indicator. And this is from the, I'm going to quote a, a posseg from uh, Mishle. And then there's a lot of interesting Allah from the Mishlein. So the posseg of Mishle says, Kabin is Hashem you should honor the Abishter with your wealth. But the Bajasif Nedachain, he writes, instead of Mehinach, you should read the as Mechinach. Chinach means from your voice. He said that you should respect the Abishter with your voice. And he says that if you had this is in the Dalach Sabusha Bichasm, if one had a nice voice and you were in Shul, you should get up and honor the Abishter with your voice. If someone has a good voice, he should be chasm. So it's good to know in the in Shul, you said that as exact the base if someone has a good voice, he's supposed he's supposed to be chasm because you have to know. Why did the Abish to give you a good voice? They say over from Rechaim Griskel that if you have a chasm who has all the miles that's mentioned in Shulchan Aruch about um, that that he's uh, that he's not him, that he's a, a good decent person, and that he's that he's omal. He's almost bumble in Avoida and he's also in, in, in Parnosa and that he has to take care of kids uh, and is a Yor Hashem and he doesn't have a bad shame. But if he doesn't have a good voice, 
So, the, so Rav Chaim said, a chazan without a shtim is nishkam chazan. <laughs> you know, that's upgrade. So obviously you're talking, you know, without a good voice at all, a not a chazan. I think what you're saying is, from this piece, is that if the voice is particularly a sweet one, a chen, a chen de voice, so you should say, hmm, maybe the Rabbanu Shalom want, you're saying, that would be an indicator. Rabbanu Shalom wants me to use it in the Shem Shemayim, right? Yeah. So the idea is that look at your talents Hashem gifted you. And Hashem gifted you those talents for a reason. He gifted you those talents to use them to serve the Eberster. Actually connected to this week, Parsha, it says that the Vanashim that the, the woman actually, they very smartly, they sewed the goats, the goatskin for the, uh, for the curtains, for the Mishka. And it actually says, Rashi explained that they actually, they, they were able to sew them. We weave them while it was still attached to the goat. And it said it was a special quality. It, you know, it came out better that way, but this was a special talent. And the, the idea is that if you have a specific talent, you have to use it for Abed Hashem. So you want to know what's your mission in life? Look at your talent. What do they wish to give you? If they wish to give you a good cup, you should use your cup to learn Taita. Be marvelous Taita. If they wish to give you a, a good voice, if they wish to give you wealth, you give it stuck here, etc. Every person look at his talent and use your talent. Don't crush on the contrary. Use it and use it for Abed Hashem. And the third indicator, which is, this is what we discussed today with Mordechai and Esther. And that is, this is a quote from Hayimim, which is a Moshe uh, Sefer that the Lubavitcher ever wrote, actually before. This sort of encapsulates what he believes is an important message for each day of the year. That obviously, you're going to learn Torah, but every Chosid, every Lubavitcher Chosid, uh, would be able to somehow zero in on, on that point for that day. He says this, it's a very powerful line. He says that one who believes in Ashgacha Pratis, one who believes in divine providence, knows, and he quotes the Pasuk, that from Hashem, that the steps of man are made by Hashem. And you should know that if a person and the Shama has to go and elevate a specific beer or a specific tikkun, fix up in a specific place, and that place for hundreds of years, or possibly from from the day the world was created. So this place was waiting, or this thing was waiting to be fixed for that. It was waiting for that neshama to come across it and to elevate it and fix it. And this neshama, so meaning that there's a specific, it could be possible that there's a place in the world, or a specific thing in the world, the bricks of your house, what <laughs> your house is made of it. It was all waiting for you. And the Neshama also, the Neshama also was, since it came out of this world, was waiting for this, since the Neshama was created, was waiting for the time that it could go, should go down to this world to go and elevate and be mavader this specific thing that was assigned to it. Which the idea is, you have to look at where the Ebishter placed you. And wherever the Ebishter placed you, Mashem, it's Bediuk, it's exact. If you live in a specific area, if you work in a specific area, you work in a specific downtown company, Newark. Down, if, you're, if you're in downtown Newark, right, you work in technology. There's a bunch of tech companies. You could have been working in the city. You could have been working in remote. You could be staying at home. Maybe somebody is still staying at home. Uh, <laughs> but if you come into the office, or even if you're staying at home, there's a reason why you're there. 
It's not stamaze. And the reason why you're there is to go and elevate the place. Similar to Esther, who found herself by the you know, as as queen of, of Akhatvade, the fact that you're there, there's a reason, and you have to go and, and affect and, and go save the innocent. The same thing, every person look at where you find yourself, and that's what you have to do based on that. You know, I, I think this in a way expands the understanding as to why uh, the Avoida of Chabad is to set up uh, Chabad houses in these most far-flung areas. On, on, a, on one level, they say, well, uh, Jews are passing through Bozmont. They're passing through uh, Bangladesh uh, for business. And they need to have someone who could get them kosher food and give them a place to sleep and a place where they can maybe hear Kriya Sattar if there's a minion on Shabbos. But this is another mystical point that the fact, however it turned out, that this shuiach ends up in Bozeman or there, it might be that the nitzoitzes, the, the, the power of life that energizes even toimeng, zameyach, is in that spot, was waiting for that shuiach to come. And dafka that person. And maybe Ataka took the global expansion and supersonic air flight to get there, but it was waiting from the beginning of the Bria, those, that area of, 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 of Bombay or of Montana was waiting for the Tikkun that was going to be done by that Shliach. I think that's, uh, I think you agree, right? Uh, as, as a Chabad Shliach, it's a whole new Daher. It isn't just utilitarian. It's almost like that, you know, it, the, there's the, 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 the Chabad Shluchim and others are being malakit with these tzitzis that only their neshama was miyuchah to do. I've asked some people, you know, why? Why, why, especially with the Siras Nefesh that's involved, whether it's the lack of chinuch for their children, or as we know, Mebuch and, 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 and Mumbai, the terrible uh, uh, that occurred there. And, you know, you could sometimes wonder why is it that this has become such a, an important touchstone for the Avoida of Chabad Chzidis, I think this shtickle helps explain it a little bit. Because I, I have heard criticism saying, you know, maybe we should just stay where we are. But if, the, if is, is, as you're saying, that that Bishas Briyas Ha'ivam, it's Mechake Lois Anishonet. And maybe Unless you have that tikkun, then you're not going to be able to have the gula back. But the Lubavitcher it's known. He, he pushed very much to bring up the concept of Mashiach. Always in the, the slogan, the big slogan, we want Mashiach now. And his vision, part of his vision, in order to accomplish that, to bring Mashiach, is you have to elevate. One, one of the, what's going to happen when Mashiach comes, it says that the Malay that the whole world will be full of Hashem's glory, Hashem, and also they're going to be so going to gather all the yid. So in order to accomplish that, part of a, part of the, in order to, to accomplish that, you have to have yidin all over the world and spreading Yiddishkeit, spreading uh, about the Eibishter, spreading about Achdus Hashem. And this is uh, the, the way I, I see it. It's part of the, the, the job of the, the shulchan in the whole world. And in every corner of the world, we should be talking about the Das Hashem. There should be a light and over the end. 
and on two folds, connected to this part that we're elevating the tzaitzes, which have to be done, taking care of, taking them out of, out of Gullis and preparing that for Mashiach, and also that the, the world should be prepared. And through this, that we, we prepare every corner of the world. We, we, we got the world covered. Um, that, that, that lies the ground for, for Mashiach to come. But again, you know, I, I think part of it was the, in Chabad, was that we're taking the instruction, even though the Rebbe is Melamanis, we're taking the instruction from the Nasi Ador, sort of like Mordechai yeah. that way. I mean, otherwise, we never saw this, that, oh, we have to go to the ends of the earth. Uh, we have to go wherever there's a human being and, and, and set up a, a Chabad house. Because I think it's, a, you, know, you could say, you know, perhaps we should use the type of money that it takes to set a thing to be Mafarnas here. Um, so I, I think it does need to be discussed. You know, Avramo, thank you so much for, for coming. I think that just to be Messiah, as we can talk about it's interesting that, that the, that the Amoira, in order to really get his own message, looks back to his parents. You said, how do you know what your special Nakuta is? But it's interesting from the Gemara, it could be just, uh, you know, you had an interesting father, I want to know. <laughs> your father was a big man, he's not around anymore, tell me some information about him, I can know what his shavu was. It could be children themselves have a chiyuv to do that. Children have a chiyuv in a way, when they look back, especially if their parents are not alive, what was that Indian that seemed to be the Yad Hashem that was moving them towards something that was beyond all the others' ears? And in a way, that gives them the sheer akayma of who their parent was, and also perhaps gives them a sense of where their Matthias might be. Um, does that mean they have to follow in what their father did? But at least it puts in perspective. Like, what was that Indian of Zeus? You know, and I, and I talked about my father as a semel. You know, I would say that for my father, um, one of the Inyanim, uh, I would say, the, uh, of the most Zeus, um, obviously in terms, of, uh, in terms of paying the people that he owed money, he was betachlo sadiktuk. He would never let a bill sit, or he, if somebody owed something, he wanted it paid completely, much more, he had, uh, people would come to him with the greatest credit rating. People would come from the community to borrow money from him, uh, to, for him to be a, a co-signer, because he had such a great uh, statement in the bank, because he was always paying on time. He always felt that, you, that guilt, you have to, as much as he never had it, that he worked so hard for it, he understood that you had to, uh, you had to be medactic, proved to Kamea. The other thing I would say, that's in terms of in terms of what he was I would say I've never seen the type of closed off hasmoda on Shabbos. Shabbos, he worked very hard. But on Shabbos, he was shakua in his svarim. You could not push him away. He would go through on, a, on every Shabbos on the Mikroi Skadoilis, he would go through the Benezra Ramban, and with, you couldn't interrupt him, because, and this was before the days of the Svarim that have, or Mephaneach, every ois of the Ebenezer and the Ramban. This was the old Mikroi Skadoilis. So I would say the Zihirus of, of using Shabbos 
as for Taira was something for him that was a tainug, and it was something that it was as a yirus tfei. It was almost like it was like obviously he was obviously Avasa Taira gets you that way, but the Taira for Shabbos and so out of something that's very very fitting. So thank you for bringing back for me my own father's yirus. We should be zeicher through discussions like this to talk and be mekarev the gula as we come close now to the chaydish hagula, the chaydish nissen, shleiach rav avremel, and mitzvahem. We should be mechaygeg. Hopefully, this pesach and yerushalayim yerakliyish. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.